0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Rusty Gray and Toyo Christian Fellowship. For more information, visit tcfministries.org. So excited uh, that Pastor asked me to preach, and uh, we've got a good message this morning. But before we jump in, if we would just pray really quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that as I speak, that you would speak through me. Father, it would not be my words, but your words, and that the message you have for us would sink deep into our hearts, and that you would show us how to walk this out. In the name of Jesus, amen. Alright, what we're talking about this morning is uh, righteousness. And when I say that word, righteousness, a lot of times in many people's lives. It can mean a lot of different things. Sometimes when I say the word righteous, you know, we, we can begin to compare and we can begin to think, well, you know, the guys that are on stage that lead worship, you know, they're righteous. I mean, cause you know, they have to lead worship or pastor rusty. He's righteous because you know, he preaches or, or maybe even like the ushers are righteous because you know, they get to help seat us and, and work and help. And so may, they've got to have something that I don't have. And so a lot of times when we speak on righteousness, we can kind of view it in different ways. And we're also going to talk about, as we skew the idea of righteousness, as we, we look at this the wrong way, we begin to look at God the wrong way. And we begin to see God uh, as a person who almost has a ruler and is putting it next to us and he's, he's judging us, he's measuring me to see where my righteousness is. And in the life we live, as we face things, you know, you know, pain, suffering, death, disappointment, we can begin to think somehow that well, well, God is, is doing this to me, and and you know the famous verse of God won't give me more than I can handle, and and somehow God's in heaven with a shovel and, and he's dishing out you, you know troubles on you, and he's like, well, I won't do too much, I I won't hurt you too bad, and, and we begin to think that God is somehow punishing us, or or oh. He's just trying to teach me a lesson. And so we can begin to think that somehow God, like I said, is punishing us. And I want to read to you out of John 10, 10 And it says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So the devil's purpose is to steal from you, kill and destroy you. My purpose, Jesus is speaking. Jesus' purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So as we read this verse, we see where God uh, or Jesus is talking and he's talking about the devil's purpose and his purpose and how the devil's purpose is to steal from you, kill and destroy. But his purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Now that should be pretty self-explanatory. We should be able to pray, go eat chicken and know that pretty simply the devil's bad and God is good that's what Jesus is saying. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life, but Jesus wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. So, as we look at the world, and as we look at things we've seen, you know, uh, people can say some crazy things. Uh, You probably remember Hurricane Katrina, and it hit Louisiana, and a lot of people said, well, God is judging Louisiana, right? Um, Pastor Rusty goes uh, to a Christian school, they do a retreat every summer, and the boys, they have like football practice, they do two a days at this retreat, and uh, one day, the boys were at practice, and they were running some drills, some plays, and one of the young boys broke his arm, you know, in in football practice, it broke. So they took him to the hospital, they got it casted, and, and, you know, had him back uh, for the night service, and in the night service, one of the women got up, one of the pastors, and she said, God broke his arm to teach him a lesson. Now, it seems like in my life, uh, maybe it's just because I'm older and I notice it more. It seems like more people around me have uncurable diseases, like cancer and certain things like that. It seems like more people, I've been to more funerals for things like that. And it's like, well, you know, God was using that to teach them a lesson. Or God was using that to purify them. Or God was just trying to teach those around them a lesson with this person. And we see tornadoes that maybe hit Oklahoma a couple of years ago. And well, God was teaching Oklahoma a lesson and Lord knows they need it, but God was trying to teach them a lesson through tornadoes. Right? And when we see, we see, uh, we were at a a men's deal one time and, uh, one of the pastors was sick and he got up and he said, he had like the flu and he said, I know that God is purifying me with this sickness. Right? Well, that, that is crazy. Listen to me, the only thing that can purify you is the blood. Nothing else is the blood. Now, I want to read a verse to you really quick out of Romans eight twenty through 22. And it's talking about the world. It says, against its will, <clears throat> its will all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains with, of childbirth right up until the present time. So it's saying that the world, that all of creation, had to take on sin against its will. So we're going to back the clock up uh, to the to you know um, the beginning. Every story, every movie, everything you read or see, you know, it all starts the same. Uh, you, you know, you read a book and it says, a long time ago, or in the beginning, or in a galaxy far, far away, and all these stories kind of start the same, as our story starts in the beginning, and as we see in the beginning... Adam and Eve, God creates a garden, and Adam and Eve puts all of them in there. The devil has been cast to the earth, you you know, who knows how many years before that, and he sneaks into the garden, and God says, here's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat the fruit of this tree. You can have everything else in here, but don't eat of that. And Adam and Eve, uh, you know, we know the story. The snake talked to them and convinced them to eat of the fruit of that tree, and then from that very moment, sin entered the world. See, see, you know, lots of people say, well, why didn't Adam and Eve kill the snake? Because they didn't know what death was. They didn't know how to kill anything. Sin had not been on the earth. You, you know, I heard a preacher say, well, you, you know that he, he, Adam wasn't a black man because no black man would let a snake talk to his woman. Well, it's like they had no knowledge of that. They didn't know anything about that. It's like, hey, it's a snake. Life's good. We're living life. Oh, he says eat of this, so I'm going to eat of this. So they ate of the fruit, and sin came into the world. Now, as that verse says in Romans 8, 20 through 22, it says that against the earth's will, against creation's will, it had to take the curse of sin. And it says that the earth has been groaning as a, a woman in child pain and giving birth, waiting for Jesus to return. So when you think about earthquakes and and tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, that is the earth moaning and groaning, waiting for the day, trying to shake sin off of it. Here's what you need to know about the world. The world is broken, right? The world we live in is broken, all right? Why is there cancer and we can't cure it? Because the world's broken, not because God's mad at you. Not because God's going to somehow teach you a lesson. Because that's not what he's going to do. Now, as, as we talk about being righteous, and as we talk about what that means, we can, like I said earlier, we can think everybody else is righteous but us. But I'm going to show you this morning that you're as righteous as anybody around you. Second Corinthians 5.21. It says, For God made Christ, who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So it's saying that Jesus never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Right now, we all know that, that, that you know, if I was mad at somebody or, or somebody in this room, we were fighting, we didn't like each other, we weren't getting along, uh, you know, and, and we were maybe enemies. You know, I, I was an enemy with somebody in this room. They didn't like me and I didn't like them. Right, The Bible says in in Romans 5.10 that we were the enemies of God, that before Jesus came and died on the cross that we were his enemies because sin had come over us. Now, you think about if, if you've ever had children or raised children, you never had to teach your kids to do bad. They learned that all on their own. You didn't sit your four-year-old down and say, now I'm going to teach you how to lie because you're not very good at it. I'm going to show you how to do that. They know how to lie on their own, right? When they do something wrong, sometimes kids will run and hide because they know that they've done something wrong. You never teach a kid to be bad. What do you teach a kid to do? Be good, you have to tell them not to lie. You have to tell them not to steal. You know, you have to tell them don't beat up the neighbor kids, right? You have to teach them to be good. Because we were born into a broken world. We were born into sin. And we were the enemies of God. But then the Bible says that because Jesus died on a cross and had never sinned and was an offering for our sin, we are now right with God. Okay, now, now here's, here's the, the thing. This morning, right now, this very second, this very moment... If you are saved and you have Jesus Christ, you are right with God. It does not matter what you did last night. It did not matter if you haven't read your Bible all week, if you haven't prayed, if you've never fasted in your life. That does not matter. You're as righteous this morning as as I am. You're as righteous this morning as pastor is or as, as anybody that sings on stage You are righteous. You are right with God because of Jesus. See, I'm not righteous because of what I do. I'm righteous because of what Jesus did. Okay. So, so here's the mistake we make in Christianity is we move into this idea that it's about what I do. It's about me doing something, right? So God, you know, we envision God holding up a ruler or, or a measuring stick saying, well, you don't measure up. You fall short. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. And, and and so what do we do? We stay away from God. But Jesus said, see, I heard a pastor preach one time that, uh, you know, why did, why did Jesus have to die on the cross. Why did that happen? Why did, why did they have to do it that way? And uh, one, one pastor said that he couldn't just save us by, by snapping his finger because the devil said, you know, you're a self-serving judge. You know, you're going to do this because it works in your favor, so bam, y'all are saved. So there had to be a sacrifice. There had to be blood. Moses said in the Old Testament that nothing is covered, nothing is cleansed without blood. So there had to be a sacrifice for Jesus to save us. Then if you look in the Old Testament of uh, the Israelites being released from Egypt and, you know, running, and God would try to help them, but they wouldn't do their part, you know, they were either worshiping a gold calf or messing up or doing something wrong and they wouldn't do their part. And God said, I'm sick of the people getting in my way so I can't help them. So let's just save them once and for all and then we can do our part to help. So you're not going to get in the way of God because you're righteous this morning. You are right with God. Here's the thing to understand God is not mad at you, He is not mad this morning, He's not mad at anybody. See, you're not defined by your sin. Your sin does not define you. The blood of Jesus defines me. See, I am righteous. I am in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Now, as we understand that, now that you look at your life, you can begin to think, you know, hopefully you begin to think differently. When, When negative things happen, when tornadoes or natural disasters or sickness You can understand that it is not God, that God is not doing this to you. You know, uh, Jason and and Brittany Birkenfeld, they have three daughters, you know, and and if, if one of their daughters acted up, and so Jason took them out in the garage and broke their arm with a baseball bat, you know, put it on the edge of a table and hit the other half to break it, they would come arrest him and throw him in jail. We as broken people know that that is wrong but we think for some reason that God will do it. You know, if I had a child and I stuck in their bedroom at night and had the flu in a syringe and gave them the flu and then they woke up, why'd you do that? Well, I'm going to teach you a lesson. That'll teach you to talk back to me. You're going to be sick for two weeks, right? That's, that's crazy. That's like a Lifetime movie. I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, you know, nobody's going to do that. We know that that's wrong. But for some reason, we have this idea that God's going to do that. Let me tell you something. If God is after you, you've got nowhere to hide. You can't get away. And I, I love people that say, well, you know, God was punishing Louisiana, you know, with, with, that, with that hurricane. Okay, anytime you look in the Old Testament and God punished somebody, he wiped the city away. Okay, you don't go visit Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because he annihilated it. It does not exist. You think about all the people in the Old Testament that stood against God, and they are no more. They are gone, right? But for some reason, we think that God's going to kind of slap us on the wrist and punish us with something, and he's not. And if he is, you've got nowhere to hide. James 1.17 says that whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Alright, so listen to this. It says, whatever is good and perfect. So whatever is good and perfect in your life is a gift that came from God your Father. Who created the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So every good and perfect gift comes from God. God. Everything that's good in your life has come from God. And notice that it doesn't say in this verse, it doesn't say that whatever is good and perfect in your life is a gift from God. And whatever is bad is God teaching you a lesson. It does not say that. It does not say if you have cancer, God is trying to teach you something. If your kids are sick with the flu, he's trying to teach you something. If your house was blown away in a tornado fall on your face because God's teaching you something. See, in the Old Testament, you know, you read the Old Testament you can see the wrath of God. You can see what, what God did when he was mad. Because of the blood of Jesus, because Jesus died on a cross, and the Bible says that in heaven he sprinkled his blood over the mercy seat, I am in, now in right standing with God. I am not his enemy. He is not against me. Right, We have Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on the wall. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, this doesn't mean that somehow we're now immune to this broken world we live in. It does not mean that we can't ever get sick. It doesn't mean that disasters not going to happen because, like I said, the world's broken. And we are going to face death, we are going to face sacrifice, we're going to face trouble, we're going to be sad, we're going to face all these things. But you can rest assured that God is not doing these things to you, and that God is on your side, and that God is fighting for you. You can rest assured that the devil is not doing all these things to you. Now, like we just read in John 10, 10, the devil does come to kill, steal, and destroy. But sometimes in life, it's because we live in a broken world that bad things happen. See, this was not the plan. You know, God didn't create the world and have this in mind. This all happened because of sin. And Jesus came to, to rid of us of sin, and he is coming again to rid the world of sin. But he's not coming back just yet. And we live in a broken world. I want to read you one more verse. This is Romans 8:28. And it says, "And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them." So, we know that God causes everything in our lives to work together For the good of those who love God. So I'm pretty sure that everybody in this room this morning that would say they love God, right? If you didn't, you probably wouldn't come to church. And so you wouldn't say, well, you know, I don't love God. So to all those who who love God, he works everything to work for our good. Now, a lot of times in our life, and, and maybe specifically where you are, maybe if you've just faced tragedy, maybe if you just, you know, had someone recently pass away in your life, that verse can kind of seem like, yeah, whatever, you know, that, that's baloney, I don't believe it. And I want to encourage you this morning that wherever you are in your life, that know, know that God is on your side and know that God is going to work these things that are happening in your favor. And sometimes it can seem like that's impossible. I don't know how that could ever happen. That doesn't even make sense. But the thing is, is to trust in God. Because see, God is on your side. God is for you and not against you. And the Bible says that if he is, who could stand against you? When David was a teenage boy and faced Goliath, he knew, you can't stand against me because I have God. See, and God is not mad we have this misconception that he's ticked off, right? He's this old white man with this beard and long shaggy hair, and it's like he hasn't bathed in a while, and he's kind of of losing his mind a little bit, and he's in a big white room, and he's just waiting for you to trip and mess up so he can shoot you with lightning. And that's not how God is. See, God is after you this morning. He is after you. And he's after you with unconditional love. See, now, Paul says that this doesn't give us a right to, you know, well, I'm going to get saved, and now I'm going to do whatever I want and live the way ever I want, right? When I got married, I didn't tell my wife, hey, I'm going to marry you, but still do whatever I want on the side. And I'll give you a couple of hours on Sunday evening. We'll go watch a movie. We'll hang out. We'll do whatever you want. But then the rest of the time is mine, and I get that time, and I can do whatever I want whenever I want. I wouldn't stay married. She probably wouldn't even have married me. Because that's not gonna work. See, I read my Bible, I pray, I talk to God, I listen to worship music so I can build a relationship with him. Not to make me more righteous. Because it won't. See, if I got up tomorrow morning And read one verse out of the Bible. Maybe got on my iPad and read the verse of the day. But somebody else got up and read four chapters. You know, they read the whole book of Matthew that morning. That does not make them more holy. That does not make them more righteous. Because see, I am righteous and in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. And God is not going to punish you. God is not going to strike you down. God's not going to hurt your family because you messed up. Because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you once and for all. See, Because if it didn't, Jesus had to come back and die every other year, right? Because we'd all mess up. And it's like, okay, now this time, guys, could you keep it straight so I don't have to come back and do this again? The blood of Jesus has worked once and for all. And you are right with God. And God is not mad at you. And don't look at your life and look at, you know, the problems we have, the disasters that have happened, the death that has happened, and say, well, somehow God's trying to teach me something. You know, like the famous verse, oh, he won't give me more than I can handle. God's not dishing out, you know, know, heartache and, and problems. And the Bible says that God can't even do that. In James, it says that he can't tempt you in sin because he has no sin. And so know that God loves you this morning. He cares about you this morning. Right now, today, you are in right standing with God, and he is not mad. Amen? All right, y'all bow your heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that we are in right standing with you, that we are righteous in your eyes, that when you look at us, you see your perfect children, that you see Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you would die on a cross and that you would spill your blood out over the mercy seat to save us, that we didn't deserve it. We shouldn't. You shouldn't have had to have done that, but we thank you that you did. Father, I pray that you would show us how to walk this out, how to be righteous, that we wouldn't look at the disasters in the world and blame you, Father, but we would know that you are fighting for us and not against us, and that you have a plan for our lives that is good, and that you're not going to harm us. I thank you, Father, that that would sink deep into our hearts. And Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command the voice of the enemy to be silenced, and that we would hear the voice of Jesus loud and clear. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.